Through the years, he had always been a better fighter than Bobby, and a lot faster on the draw. But Bobby would get so mad when he outdrew him that he learned to be intentionally slower on the draw just to keep the peace. When he was alone in the mountains, Jack would practice constantly until his hand was a blinding blur of speed. He could draw and shoot with deadly accuracy in less time than it takes to blink. His dad had given him pointers, and it told him to never let anyone see just how fast he really was. That's the way you keep your friends, son, Jim had said. It's more important to be accurate than fast, although there have been times when I got my gun out faster and then the other fella, and it saved my life. Never pull a gun unless you intend to shoot it, and never, never pull it if there's any other way out. If you do pull a gun on a man and don't kill him, then for the rest of his life, every time he thinks of you, he will be thinking of a way to get even until it reaches a point with him that he will ambush you. If you are pushed and have to use it, then do not hesitate. Hesitation is what has gotten a lot of good men killed because the bad men of this country won't hesitate for a second to kill you. That is the reason I'm teaching you how to use a gun. Be good at it, but be smart at the same time. Bobby's luck had made a turn for the worse, and his chips were dwindling fast. It didn't help that the other players were getting louder and chided him for having beginner's luck. The dealer dealt the cards for what looked to be Bobby's last hand. He went all in after the draw. One player, which looked to be a professional card shark, and known as Mississippi, said, Hey, youngster, you don't have enough to cover the final bet. You're $20 short. Bobby looked at his cards again. He had four tens, a rare hand in five-card draw, and said, I'll put up my horse and saddle to cover it. That okay with you gents? The other four players looked at the man who had made the last bet, and one said, We usually play with cash, but it's up to Mississippi here. Hell, he might need a good horse. We all know there ain't no bad horses that come from the flying sea. Yeah, we know who you are, Bobby Glasgow. Jack stood up and leaned against the wall, wanting to be ready for the trouble he knew was sure to come if Bobby lost the hand. He was not worried about Bobby's ability to handle himself in a gunfight. Anytime they had trouble with the bullies in town, Bobby would get deadly quiet and focused. But he didn't know how many friends Mississippi had. Jack had always been able to diffuse the problems, but this time it was different, and he knew it, as well as felt it. The gambler wore a pearl-handled, well-worn colt, and more than likely had a hidden derringer. He was a flashy dresser, which told Jack that trouble was a common occurrence with him, and a man that had most likely been in gunfights before. Sensing victory over Bobby, the gambler started making fun of him. He had taught many young men the hardship of gambling with money they didn't have, and this brash young man would be no different. Well, that ranch of yours must not be doing all that well if you don't have the money to gamble with. But I guess that horse of yours is worth twenty dollars, and you can keep your saddle. I'm going to teach you a lesson about gambling, son. You're going to walk home tomorrow, lest you can talk that old greaser down at the stables out of a hoss. 
Show your cards, pipsqueak, so I can watch you cry. Bobby went from calm to red-faced, with the veins standing out on his neck, back to deadly calm, in a short space of time, and said, I'm not your son, you son of a bitch. And you're the one that's going to be crying. Look at these. As he lay down his cards, showing the four tens. The room got deathly quiet, and Bobby started to reach for the huge pile of chips when the gambler slammed his hand down on Bobby's. Wait just a minute, son. And then he put his cards face down on the table. 